Welcome to Elevate Your Direct Sales Business with Kelly Northcott. I'm your host, Kelly Northcott, and I'm so glad that you're here. I've been in the direct sales industry for over 20 years. When I was in the field, I was a top performer and leader, and now I have a growing coaching business that helps direct sellers of all titles from all companies build businesses that they love. If you're a direct seller who wants to get more out of her business and have fun doing it, you're in the right place. Tune in each week to learn systems so that you can scale and grow, implement mindset principles and practices to get out of your own way, and get coaching to break through to new levels of your business. The other day I was listening to the Mel Robbins podcast. The episode was called, Where Did All My Friends Go? A Simple Guide to Finding Your People. It's episode 82, and I'll link it up in the show notes. One of the reasons that I chose this episode is because I moved a couple years ago, and I'm still trying to find my people in my new city. We moved during the pandemic, and my husband and I both work from home, and we don't have kids living at home anymore. So we don't have the work or school connections that we had in the past. We're starting over with local friends, and it's hard to meet people, and I know I'm not the only one who feels this way. Even Mel Robbins feels this way, and I bet a lot of you do too. Maybe not in your personal social life, but I bet you would love to meet more people for your business. Bringing new people into your business community is essential for your success, and you have to do it purposefully. When I listen to the episode, I listen to it like I listen to most things. I ask myself, How can I apply this to my life and how can I help my people apply it to their businesses? I'm going to address the second question in this episode and help you apply the framework and concepts that Mel talks about. Let me start by summarizing what she talked about and then I'll tell you how to apply it to your business. She says that there's two types of friendships, the ones that are created for you because of proximity and the ones that you purposefully create. Proximity friendships are formed because you have a common bond. You're connected through things like work, a sports team that your kids play on, or maybe you play on, your neighborhood, your kids' school, or maybe church. Purposeful friendships are formed because you want to be friends with certain people. You can meet through a proximity situation, such as at work or at school, but you purposely take the friendship beyond work or beyond the soccer field. Purposeful friendships can also be formed without a proximity relationship. You create the relationship on purpose And this is what we're going to focus on here in this episode. Mel's general idea is to choose a coffee shop that your type of people go to, become a regular at that coffee shop, and create connections with the other regulars who go there. She says there's four types of coffee shops in your town or neighborhood. The first type of coffee shop is a chain shop, like a Starbucks. She suggests not choosing this type of coffee shop because most people who go to this kind of place are mobile ordering, and they're in a hurry. The second coffee shop she talks about is the institution coffee shop, and this is the one that's been there forever. And the people who grew up in the area and the people who serve the community go there to start their day. It's sort of like the cheers of coffee shops. The neighborhood coffee shop is the third coffee shop, and it has the vibe of the neighborhood. And people stop there before work, after school drop-off, or after yoga class. And I pictured the coffee shop from Friends when she was talking about it. And the fourth coffee shop is the high-end coffee shop and has all the fancy drinks and the pastries. It's the kind of place that gets written up in travel magazines. She suggests choosing a coffee shop where your people will go and make it your home base for meeting new people and for meeting with people you already know. 
The main point that I got from her episode, and the one I want to emphasize here, is that you have to put yourself out there. And I know that that's scary and uncomfortable. And in this episode, I'm going to try to make it less scary and less uncomfortable for you. So let's unpack this and apply it to your business. You need new people coming into your business on a consistent basis. You should have systems set up in your business that automate this process, such as doing parties and having a referral system. But there's going to be times when you want to or need to add more streams of new contacts to your business, like when you move to a new area or when you get caught up into a party loop and you need new blood into your customer base, or when you want to move your business to a new level quickly. Figuring out who your people are and going to the places where they go is one of the most effective ways to meet people outside of your referral system. To do this, you have to know who your people are and where they hang out. For the most part, your people are going to be a lot like you. They're going to have the same values as you, the same interests, and have a similar lifestyle. If you're active and like adventure, they probably do too. If you're crafty or like to read, they probably do too. If you have kids in school, they probably do too. So you get the idea. If you apply Mel's coffee shop framework, you'll figure out who your people are and which type of coffee shop they go to. Then she suggests that you go to that coffee shop several times a week for an hour or so each time so that you start seeing the same people and eventually you strike up a conversation with them or at least say hi to them. Now, I personally wouldn't do this, so let me give you some tweaks about how I would do it. I don't drink coffee and I don't want to spend three or four hours a week in a coffee shop, but it doesn't have to be a coffee shop. It could be a grocery store, a bar, a restaurant, a yoga studio, or a library. Where do your people hang out? You could also do this online in groups, but I think that's a lot harder. So for the purpose of this episode, we're going to focus on how to do this in person. I did an episode a little while back that goes into more detail about how to find your people called how to find your dream team. And I'll link that in the show notes. And that talks about how to do this more online. So you don't have to spend three hours a week in just one of those places. You can mix it up, but the point is that when you have a choice of which grocery store you go to, you're going to go to the one where your people go to, and you're going to plan a little extra time so that you can engage with people while you're there. You want to be really purposeful. So in my area, I have a choice of going to typical grocery stores like Ralph's or Vons. I could also go to places like Trader Joe's, Walmart, or Costco. And we have a lot of specialty stores like butcheries, fish markets, and farmer's markets. Mel talks about how different types of coffee shops attract different types of people. The same goes for any of those places I just listed. The person who does most of her shopping at a farmer's market is a lot different than the kind of person who buys all of her produce at Costco. Let me give you another example. Let's say that you get your nails done every other week. Choose a nail salon that serves your type of person. If your type of person likes full service and likes to be pampered, find one that does that. If your type of person is a busy mom and likes to get in and out and doesn't want to pay for extras, then choose that type of salon. You can ask for recommendations on Facebook, or if you're out and about and you notice someone who looks like she could be your kind of person and you like her nails, ask her where she gets them done. This is how I found my hairdresser when we first moved out here. I saw someone at church sitting on the other side of the sanctuary who had blonde hair and looked like someone I could be friends with. As soon as church was over, I made a beeline right to her. I complimented her on her hair and I asked her where she got it done. 
Now, she and I didn't end up becoming friends, but I did become friends with the hairdresser. And I used the hairdresser for many years until she moved out of the area. The hairdresser also hosted a party and I met a lot of her friends just through that one connection. The gym, a church, a breakfast or lunch place, or a park are all potential options. And there are a variety of gyms, churches, restaurants, and parks that you could go to. Choose the one that your people go to. I walk my dog every morning, and I see the same people a couple times a week on their daily walk. I always say good morning to everyone, and sometimes they'll want a pet goose. After I've seen them for a few times, I've asked them their name. Then the next time I see them, I'll say something like, hi, Susie. And we usually chat for a minute or so about something that's happening in the neighborhood or about goose or even about the weather. If I were in the field, I'd eventually work my business into the conversation. But because this is part of my long game, I would take my time doing that and wait for the right moment. And this is where a lot of direct sellers mess this up. They've rushed the relationship. Here in Southern California, people don't ask you what you do for a living it might take 10 or 20 of these quick interactions for that topic to even come up. And that's okay. I plan to walk my dog every day for many, many years. I have time. I'd rather wait months for a natural conversation to happen than to rush it and ruin the tiny connection that we have. I'd be mortified if I saw that person cross the street when they saw me coming because they were afraid that I was going to bombard them with my business. Play the long game and play it purposefully. You can introduce them to your business in a couple different ways when the time is right. So one way is to connect with them on social media. You probably have a link to your website in your bio, and I always check that kind of stuff out when I have a new social connection. You might need to take a minute to clean up your personal profile. If it looks like a business profile because you're overposting about your business, it's not going to serve you. And if you're whining and complaining a lot about anything, that's not going to serve you either. So take a minute to clean it up. Another way to introduce them to your business is to ask them what they do. They'll usually ask you what you do after they answer the question. So you want to have a one sentence explanation for what you do. I'm an XYZ consultant. I sell blank and I help other people start their XYZ businesses. A third way is to ask them what they did this past weekend or what they're doing this upcoming weekend. And then they'll usually ask you the same thing. So you could say something like, I had a booth for my XYZ business at the Apple Dumpling Festival, or I'll be a vendor at the Apple Dumpling Festival with my XYZ business. If you have a customer event coming up and the timing is right in terms of your connection with them, then you can invite them to the event. You might say something like, I'm having a holiday open house for my XYZ business at my house next Saturday. If you're free, I would love for you to stop by. But only do that if the timing's right. Make sure you take your time. This is part of your long game. The point of this exercise is to expand your network, not to get instant business. So keep thinking long game, long game, long game. The people you talk to may never become customers, hosts, or team members, but they might refer people to you. They also might not, but expanding your network is always a good thing. Our air conditioner broke earlier this summer, right before a heat wave. Everyone we contacted through Yelp said they couldn't come for two weeks, and by that point, the heat wave was going to be over. I was on my daily walk, and I passed a couple that I see a few times a week when they're on their daily walk. And so I stopped and said hello, and then I said, oh, hey, 
do you have an air conditioner service that you love? Ours isn't working. And they replied, yes, we do. And they're actually coming for our annual service tomorrow. When I got home, I messaged the woman. I got the information of the air conditioning service, told them who referred us, and they were able to squeeze us in after our neighbor's appointment. And now when I see those neighbors, we're more comfortable with each other and they feel familiar. Are we going to be best friends? Probably not, but I feel like I could seek them out if I have another question or need another recommendation. And if I were in the field and I sold something that I thought would help them, I would feel comfortable inviting them to an event at my house. So start thinking about how you can be purposeful about your day and how you can create these kind of interactions. But don't be a weirdo about it and don't start stalking people. If you walk every day and you don't care when you walk or where you walk, then walk when and where other people walk. If you go to the gym several times a week, go when your people go. If it's peak time, it might take you a little longer to get your workout in, but if you meet someone, isn't that worth it? Count those extra five or 10 minutes as work time. You're probably wasting at least that amount of time scrolling on social media without making any connections. When you're at your version of a coffee shop, whether it's an actual coffee shop or a park or the grocery store, start conversations with people. Now, starting a conversation is scary, so let me give you some tips that I use. One way is to compliment them on their hair or their nails or their outfit. Who doesn't love a compliment? I do this all the time. I'll say, oh, well, that's a really cute top. Where did you get it? When you ask a question after the compliment, they'll usually say more than just thanks. And sometimes you can continue the conversation based on what they say. So they might say, thanks, I got it at a local thrift store. And then you could say something like, oh, I love thrifting. What are your favorite stores? Or they might say, thanks, I got it at Target a few years back. Now that's harder to respond to, but you could stay on the topic of the shirt and say something like, I'm always looking for tops that are made of wrinkle-free material. They might be able to respond to that. They might not, and that's okay. You made them feel good, and that's a win in itself. It might be the only compliment that they got all day. Complimenting someone raises their energy, and it raises yours, and it only takes a few seconds. I remember being at a conference a few years ago, and someone said in her speech, a compliment that you keep to yourself doesn't do you any good, and it doesn't cost you anything to share it. When you compliment someone, make sure it's a sincere and thoughtful compliment. If you can't find something obvious to compliment someone on, then don't say anything. Those aren't your people, and that's okay. If finding a compliment is easy and obvious, then they could be your people because like attracts like. Someone asked my daughter why she chose the college she chose, and she said it was because she liked the tour guide's dress. She figured that if she liked her dress, she would like her, and if she liked her, she would like her friends and having a group of friends was important to her at college. It all worked out for her, and she found her people a few weeks into her freshman year, and she's still close with them 14 years later. Another way to start a conversation is to ask a question, and I do this at stores a lot. If I'm in line at Costco, and I see something interesting in someone's cart, I'll ask, have you ever tried that before? And then we'll have a brief conversation about the thing that's in their cart. Sometimes I'll ask someone who looks like she would be my kind of person, where's a great place to eat around here? Or what's her favorite taco stand? Around the 4th of July, you could ask, where's a great place to see fireworks if you're into fireworks? 
If you take your kids trick-or-treating, ask where's the best neighborhood to go trick-or-treating. If you stay home during trick-or-treating and hand out candy, ask how many trick-or-treaters you should plan for or what kind of candy is the most popular. Mel suggests saying, I'm new to this area. What do people do for fun around here? And this is where the advantages of the different types of coffee shops come in. Certain people will go to certain types of coffee shops. If you ask someone at a high-end coffee shop, where is a good place to eat? They're probably going to suggest something that's high-end. And if you ask them what people do for fun, they might suggest a concert or an art-related event. If you ask someone at the coffee shop where the moms hang out after school drop-off, they'll probably suggest something that's family-friendly. This is why you need to define your people before you do this. Another way to start a conversation is to talk about something that they're wearing or doing or that they have. For example, my husband wears a Naval Academy t-shirt pretty much every day, and people start conversations with him all the time about his shirts. They'll ask if he was in the Navy or if he went to the Academy or if he knows so-and-so, and they usually have a story to share about their service or Annapolis or college football. If someone's wearing a team or a school shirt and you can use it to start a conversation, do it. If you can, then find someone else or something else to talk about. You don't want to force this. You want this to be really natural. Someone might have a shirt that says, Anytown High School Football Mom. And then you could say something like, Hey, how's your team doing this year? If they have a dog, you could ask what the dog's name is. If they have a book, you could ask how the book is or if they read anything else by that author. Just start being really observant about the people around you and try to find people who are people who would be your people and then ask them something about themselves or or compliment them or somehow bring up something naturally. And then Mel suggests exchanging contact information with the people you meet and she also suggests taking a selfie with them. She says to say something like, I know I'll forget what you look like as soon as we leave here, So let me take a selfie so that I remember. Do whatever is comfortable for you. I probably would not be doing that on the first conversation, but I have asked people if I could take a picture of their hair and they always say yes. Let me wrap this up by giving you some tips about how to implement this. This is part of your long game. Don't be the weird spammy direct seller who parks yourself at the local coffee shop or the local playground wearing logo wear from head to toe, and carrying a company-branded bag that's filled with catalogs and samples. If you want to take your laptop to the coffee shop and get some work done, great, but do it like a normal person. Wear a logo shirt if that's what you typically do. And if you need your catalog to do your work, have your catalog out. But you don't need a stack of catalogs to do your work. I used to take my kids to the McDonald's Playland on rainy days, and while they played, I would write notes to my team. One day, someone came up and asked me about what I was doing, and we started a conversation, and at the end of the conversation, I booked a party. Moments like that stand out to me because they aren't the norm. Most people are not going to approach you, and most first conversations aren't going to end up in a sale or a booking. That party was a new party chain with people who I never would have met otherwise, and I was taking my kids to McDonald's anyway. My purpose to go there was to tire them out and to get my notes written, not to book a party. If you're going to get involved in your work when you're out and about, go ahead and do it. But I want you to be really conscientious of it because the problem of doing that is that sometimes you're not approachable because you're focused on your work. You're not going to be openly approaching other people. 
Build in breaks so that you can take notice of people. And if there's a natural way to start a conversation during one of your breaks, then go ahead and do it. When you go into these situations, go into them with the purpose of your being the person who's going to approach people. Most people are not going to approach you. The mom who approached me at McDonald's recognized me from her kid's school. I wasn't a complete stranger and she's very outgoing and she's really good at starting conversations, but most people don't have that skill and most people aren't going to Starbucks or to the local coffee shop to meet people. They're going to get their coffee. So when you're doing this, make sure that you're respecting people's boundaries and their time. If someone has headphones on and a laptop open, they're probably not going to want to be disturbed. If you do get involved in a conversation with someone, keep it short and exchange information when it feels appropriate. You don't want someone to feel like they're being cornered. Take your time bringing up your business. This is a strategy to build your contact list. If you bring up your business too early, you could blow the whole relationship. Focus on connecting, not working your business into the conversation. And this is part of the long game. It might take you six months to even get a sale this way. And that's why it can't be your only strategy for building your list. Some of you might think that this is a lot of work for one sale every six months, but let me put this into perspective for you. That one sale could lead to a booking or referral where you'll meet more people, people you would have never met otherwise. And when you do this alongside everything else you're already doing in your life, it really doesn't take that much extra time and effort. If you're already going for a walk and you want to use your walk as a way to meet people, Find a walking path and a time that other people use so that you can meet other people. At first, it might take some planning and the conversations might add a few minutes to your walk or your school run, but it's totally worth it. Doing this is going to increase your conversation skills. And when you think about it, everything in your business, at least all the result generating activities that you do, is about having conversations. If you can master striking up a conversation with anyone anywhere, Imagine how easy it's going to be to engage with people in a business situation. This is a people business, and the better you get at engaging with people, the more successful you'll be. When you're starting this, start where you're comfortable. For some of you, leaving your house and just taking notice of other people might be your first step. The next step might be just smiling at people and making eye contact with them. Then maybe you'll have a few go-to openers like a compliment or a question. But mix it up. You don't want to become a robot. You don't want to be saying the same thing over and over and over again. So I suggest that you practice this with a friend. And that might sound weird. And if it does sound weird, it's going to feel weird. But it's going to be better to feel weird in a practice situation than in a real life situation. And when you practice it, practice the conversation part. Saying your conversation starter takes guts. But keeping the conversation going takes skill. Knowing when the conversation is over is also a skill, and both of those skills will serve you well in your business. Another thing to do is to measure your progress, and what I mean by that is to take note of how often you do it and how much easier and how much more natural it feels. Don't measure your progress by how many sales, bookings, or recruit leads that you get. This is not a prospecting exercise. It's a connecting exercise. So go ahead and try it out. Have fun with it, and if you have any questions, send me a DM or ask in a Facebook group. Thank you for tuning in and be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss anything. And if you haven't already, leave a five-star review and tell your friends about the podcast. If you have any questions about anything you heard on this episode, 
or if you have a topic you want me to talk about, send me a DM. I'm at Kelly D. Northcutt on Instagram, and I love to hear from you and celebrate your success. 